Welcome to Mitts Off, episode 12. Today we are joined by the NHL's all-time hits leader for defensemen, my former teammate with the San Diego Gulls and current Nashville Predators defenseman, Luke Shen. An incredible story of perseverance and dedication to the game of hockey. One of the great guys in the game, a guy that's been down and out multiple times and has bounced back and is now a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Mitsoff is powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book and our exclusive betting partner. Get in the action, download the app to get started, 19 plus, and as always, please play responsibly. <laughs> Here he is, longtime NHL vet, couple stops in Toronto, couple stops in Van, bunch of other stops and waiver wires along the way, but I really got to know you playing in San Diego with the Gulls. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Shen is here. It's been a while, Shenner. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I was uh, I was fired up when you shot me the text to come on. I like I we talked about earlier before getting on here. I know you had my current teammate and one of my best buddies, Tyson Berry, on, and and uh, he was fired up to get on it too. So it's good you're uh, getting getting your former teammates and some buddies, and uh, I'm pumped to be on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And I should tell, you know, people that are listening or watching, you were one of the guys, A, that I wanted to have on for a while, but I'm kind of figuring out in this retirement thing and working this, like who your friends are. And man, I texted you and within friggin' seconds, you were back saying, yep, when do you need me? What time? So man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It's, uh, it, it, it's a good thing, man. Um, just first and foremost, like, how's it going? First experiences in Nashville. Like I know you're injured right now, but how's everything going so far, man? It's been a while since I talked to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, not, not the best start personally, as far as, you know, having played really, I played one game and then end up getting kind of banged up and out for this is about a month now um so should be back you know within the next week or two hopefully as long as everything goes good but as far as getting adjusted um you know I'm loving it so far obviously Nashville's a great city um getting used to the organization obviously and kind of the way things are around it's not my first time you know moving around and, and uh you know getting on a new new squad or nothing like that but uh I got some good buddies on this team too which makes the transition easier like like I mentioned Tyson Berry I go back with him um you know we were living together in d partners in Kelowna in, in the whl back when you know he was 15 i was 17 or 18 years old so knowing him forever uh ryan mcdonough is one of my best buddies um you know he's got three kids as well and and our wives are good friends we live close to one another ryan o'reilly another guy so it always makes it easier when you have a good bunch of guys and in uh, a good group and transition's been good and just uh you know hopefully get back here in the lineup and and get back up in the squad as soon as I can. Yeah, it's been fun to watch you guys, man, and hoping to see you back on the ice soon. Listen, we're we're a Toronto-based podcast. I'm a Toronto guy. Um, Love it, I, yeah. grew, I grew up watching the Leafs, man. They're still my squad. Let's go back to 2008, buddy. You get drafted um, fifth over to the Leafs. You come in here as a young guy. There's some quotes I, you know, from doing some research and like looking up kind of what I wanted to ask you to angle this there. I found some great quotes and one of them was from GM Cliff Fletcher at the time during that camp, uh, who literally came out in the media and said, you are a long shot at best to make the team out of training camp. But then Ron Wilson came back and he was saying, you know, he thought you had a good shot. And he said, I want you guys to pay attention to the Shen kid because I think he has a good shot of being here. Can you take me back to 08 and like take me back to that first camp looking at that roster? There were just so many veteran names and like what it was like to 
go into the league at, at that time and at your age? First of all, hats off to you doing your research back to 08. Matt, you must have to – that was a deep dive into the archives. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, looking back, I mean, and, and, you know, going down memory lane here, I mean, coming to Toronto, obviously, I had a bit of an idea what it was going to be like media-wise, but not, you know, to the extent it was. And at that time, I, they didn't have a, you know, high draft picks. I think the, the previous highest draft pick uh, was like Wendell Clark or something like that. So they didn't have any – you know, real high ones. And uh, obviously, you know, expectations were high for me coming in. And uh, before the camp started, I played in the rookie tournament in Kitchener. And uh, my first game, I was rotten. I wasn't very good. And uh, just probably, probably trying to do a little bit too much out there. And uh, I remember, you know, this is really dating ourselves, but this is kind of pre-social media. I went down to the hotel lobby and saw my my mug on the front page of the paper and I grabbed it and seen what they had to say. And it was already, they're just carving me like, Oh, this, this isn't going to go well. This could be a bust, whatever. And I was like, Hey, better not read these things again. So I kind of cut myself off from, you know, reading anything, listening to anything. And uh, after that, I got invited to main camp after, you know, being probably mediocre in the rookie tournament. But I remember, I remember hearing or, you know, uh, that was, I think I was 10th, 10th defenseman on the roster at that time, but you know, I was going to get some preseason games, some exhibition games. And I think Ron kind of said, well, the only way we can keep him is if he, you know, can climb his way into the top four. If not, that doesn't make sense. But I was given a lot of opportunity in preseason and ended up playing with Thomas Caberlet. And uh, I mean, when you play with a guy like that as a young guy, a guy who can you know move the puck and skate the puck out of trouble, um, you know, I was just given a really good opportunity and, I was able to kind of run with it and they were giving me, you know, my first eight or nine games to figure it out in the regular season to see if I could stick. And uh, yeah, I ended up kind of going well off the start. And uh, my first game was actually in Detroit uh, and it was the game they raised the Stanley Cup banner. So I actually got the game sheet at home and that was, uh, I look at it sometimes, it was Chris Oz, Chris Oz, good at net, uh, Lidstrom, Rafalski, Cronwell, Draper, Malpe, McCarty, um, Datsuk, Zetterberg, Holmstrom, all these guys. And I look back at that and I'm like, holy smokes, this is uh, my welcome to the NHL moment. So, um, you know, obviously it's uh, it's pretty crazy to, to think back, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time since then. So glad you glad you uh, brought it up and did your, did your uh, homework. You became like this fixture, not only with the team, but in the community. And then the JVR trade hap- happens and, you know, can you walk me through the process of that? Obviously, probably was a shock to you. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I remember like the previous year before I got traded at the deadline, like my name started kind of coming up and it was a little bit surprising. Obviously, I hadn't been there for very long and, um, you know, drafted you know, where I was. Uh, you know, you think you'd get a bit of a, a longer runway. But in saying that, you know, like I said, there are some ups and downs and some growing pains and um yeah as far as the trade uh i kind of heard rumblings of it previously just because my brother was in philadelphia and he had some you know some whispers within the organization from guys on the team who were you know i don't want (laughs) to say anyone else but fairly close to management at that time uh paul holmgren is the gm at the time and and uh i so i heard rumors of it and i wasn't really totally expecting it but at the same time i knew you know, obviously JVR at the time, he had just signed a six-year contract too with the Flyers and he was going through some injury troubles himself. I think 
uh, you know, so he wasn't totally looking to get moved, but I think, you know, the Flyers had some question marks about that at the time. And obviously, you know, Berkey came in, Randy Carlyle came in, there's some different regime that, you know, put their, their trademark on it. And, and looking back, I mean, obviously it was a, it was it worked out great for the Leafs. I mean, JVR played real well in a, in a Leaf uniform and, um, I got the chance to experience playing with my brother uh, in the NHL, which is something I always cherish and remember and look back on. But, you know, obviously when you get drafted there and you put on, you know, that Leaf jersey, uh, you'd think, you know, you, you typically don't get traded that quick into it. But in saying that, I mean, uh, everything happens for a reason. And, and my career has been uh, a roller coaster for sure. And uh, I look back on everything and, uh, like I said, I, I got no regrets and, you know, not to get too nerdy or detailed here. And if you're a bigger, you know, physical guy, just win your battles and get the puck and throw it off the glass or just, you know, the old saying, no dust, no stick handling, just oh, move yeah. it, you yeah. know, just, just get up there. Next thing you know, you're throwing it off the glass into the neutral zone or you're just not even thinking, you're just like slinging it up to no one. And, you know, you're not making plays. And while you're not, while you're doing this, the game's evolving into, you know, D-man making plays. I want to get into this evolution piece about your game and how how far you've come. But I think in order to do that, you have to preface it with when you get to Anaheim, because for yeah. me, that's when I started to get to know you. So the yeah, first yeah. time the first time I met you was walking into the gym in San Diego. I was playing for the Gulls. I'll never forget I it. I always tell people this story: like, here's a vet coming down on a one way contract has the biggest smile on his face, like introducing himself to the guys, like just in it for, you know, wherever the road's going to take him. But obviously things weren't working out with Anaheim, right? So right. what, what was the message? What was the message coming, coming to you um, about, you know, why you were coming down? Oh man, there was no message. That was, that was the message. Like there was, I mean, I think I played maybe seven games in Anaheim and I was scratched for a lot of it. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to say I was playing well or not, but I, I just kind of felt, I was like, you know, this is, I'm not in a good spot here and I could feel it. And it was one of those things too. I thought that, you know, coming to Anaheim, I was going to get a real good shot because the previous year they, you know, they lost uh Bolshman and Bieksa, physical defenseman, same thing. And at that time, Anaheim had a really good team. Like they had Getze, Perry, Kessler, um, Cogs was still there. Like they had a really good team that potentially I thought, you know, can make a run. Um, and things kind of just didn't get off to a good start for the team. And obviously, you know, when you're coming in and struggling maybe a little bit in the previous year on a, on a lower contract, um, you know, you're the first one to kind of go after a little bit and, and uh, yeah, I just, I, it wasn't a good fit at all. And, you know, I think things were, I, I don't know, not even to get into it, but uh yeah, for the first time in my life, uh, I get called in and and um, get told I was on waivers after practice. And I, you know, never played a game in the minors at that point. I was seven hundred and something games in, and might have been year ten or something like that. And put on waivers, and uh, and yeah, the conversation was, I don't recall, you know, going to hey, go work on your game and figure so we'll call you back up. It was none of that. It was really questioning, you know, if you're still, um, you know, able to play in this league or if you want to even go down and all that sort of stuff, or is the game passed you by? And, and so, uh, yeah, that one kind of, that one hurt. And, um, I didn't know if I was going to get claimed or not, but, you know, obviously I, I cleared through waivers and, and, uh, 
I never really heard anyone from, you know, anyone in the organization as far as, you know, go down and figure it out. We'll call you back up. I went down there and luckily enough, I had a relationship with Dallas Eakins uh, because he was with the Leafs my first time around. He was doing player development and then coaching the Marlies and he ran the player develop or the my rookie camp, I think, when I first got drafted there. So I had a bit of a relationship with him and and I go down there and I drove down to San Diego thinking and I grab my gear and and actually my parents were in town at the time. I drive to San Diego with my dad and I'm the whole time thinking like, you know, this could be a, like, what am I doing here? And, uh, and so I drive down there and I'm the first one at the rink and I go talk to Dallas and he says, come into my office. And he goes, okay, you know, how Dallas says, listen, kid, he goes, listen, listen big boy. I'll help you. I'll help you get back to you. He goes, you come down here, help us win some games, put in a good attitude, positive. I'll do whatever I can to make calls around the league we'll get you back. But he's like, help us win some games and like, give me every excuse, every reason to like, you know, to, for me to, you know, start helping you out. If you help us out at the same time, uh, St. Louis was in last place in the league and my brother was struggling, hadn't scored in like probably, you know, 13 or 14 games, but Ryan O'Reilly was having a lot of success. And O'Reilly told my brother, uh, Hey, why don't you try giving Adam Oates a call? He's he's helped me a lot. So my brother called him. He kind of started catching fire a little bit and fast forward. Not not that it's because of Braden or whatever, but St. Louis goes and they end up winning the cup that year. And you know, Braden helped contribute to that. But Adam Oates uh, you know, said to my brother after working with him for like a couple of weeks, he's like, I, I never go looking for clients or nothing like that. But I gotta ask, like, what's going on with Luke? Like I used to coach against him, you know, when I was in Washington and New Jersey. He's in the minors, like, what's going on? So I gave Oatsy a call and as I gave him a call a week later, Sandy, or I guess Anaheim traded me to Vancouver and I had to start in Utica. So that's when I, I, you know, got Oats to come with, uh, work with me in Utica. And uh, that's kind of when I kind of, uh, on top of, you know, playing in San Diego and working with you guys and, and uh, the group there in Dallas and the coaching staff, I think Adam Oats is a huge part of it on top of, you know, my time in San Diego. Yeah, I, I read a big article where you talked about um, Oates and his influence, and it's just so interesting, right? Because you've been in the league since 08, and I feel like the game has changed and evolved so much around you, mm-hmm. but you've really like stayed true to yourself and the player you are. And the one quote you said was, you don't have to reinvent. My thought process was to evolve. It's, and yeah. that's so interesting. Like, h- how do you evolve? How have you evolved? Well, like, just to connect the dots <clears throat> as far as, like, uh what previous coaches i told you told me like to not handle the puck and just get it and flip it and like defend and like just play strong like he's like no that's crazy talk he's like you're not gonna last unless you know how to handle the puck so he's like in, in his head he's like we're first of all every coach who's had their hands on me is like you know you gotta work on your skate so then what am i doing like okay i'm spending time after practice this or in the off season and I'm working like on my edges and I'm you know, working on my pivoting and all sorts of stuff, which is important, but he's like, realistically at 30 or 29, 30 years old, 230 pounds, like you're probably not going to change your stride and get a hell of a lot quicker to stay in the league for another, you know, however long. So he's like, let's start thinking the game. So you're not in a foot race, every single shift by the way your positioning is on the ice, but also to like the handling of the puck. He like, He's like, to me, the hardest play in all hockey is a defenseman going back for a puck under pressure, like off a rim or a dump in. Because, like, you know, 
the puck spinning, it's rolling, it's, you know, whatever. And you got a guy on your ass trying to, you know, put you through the glass and eliminate you. But like, where's your partner? Where's their F2 and F3? Like you're going to make all these plays under pressure. And if you can't do that, well, then your leash is like that long with the coach. Cause you gotta, you gotta go back and make a play. And so he, what, what is always stuck with me is like, what does every coach, every GM in the league talk about what they want from a defenseman, like a puck moving defenseman. Everyone wants a puck moving defenseman, but in reality, there's probably what 20, 30 quote puck moving defensemen in the league where like take example, like McCarr or Quinn Hughes or Heiskanen or, you know, Hedman guys like that were like, they physically skate the puck out of the, out of their own zone, like skate out of trouble or they make, you know, can snap it 40 foot tape to tape stretch play or whatever. But the rest of the guys, you know, you got to move the puck like five to 10 feet. And he's like, if you can, do that under pressure and under control and move it five to 10 feet. Well, he's like, your leash is going to get longer. And he's like, that's puck moving to me. If you can move it 10 feet under, under pressure, like that's puck moving, just move it up, move it to the winger. Like don't just get it and whack it off the glass and like turn over your back defending again. So yeah, it was just like a mentality thing for me and, you know, worked on it and still work on it like every day after practice and in the off season. And that's what I mean by evolve. Like, obviously I'm not going to go skate the puck, you know, out of trouble and, you know, dance on the offense's own blue line, but you got to be able to make some plays now. So that's, that's kind of what I, I guess I meant by that, that quote, as far as evolve. Yeah. The one that related to me too, in terms of evolution and the puck touches was practice, man, you talked about practice and how like today's NHL practices, you can go through an entire practice and touch the puck like three or four times. And yeah. I, I felt that heavy because some coaches will have a couple flow drills at the start, but then sometimes you're going right into system stuff. And it's like, yeah. man, I, for me, especially as like a fourth liner, or if I was the odd man out, like I'm literally going on the ice early and staying late just so I can get those touches. Is that something you kind of yeah, had to realize is like later in your career around that time? Yeah. hundred percent. Like not, not that you wouldn't like stay out. Like I, I feel like I would always stay out like, and work on stuff after practice but sometimes you're like not even sure like what i should be working on because you're like man like my game's in such like a like not a good spot you're like what am i even supposed to be working on you ask the coach and you know they might give you like some like little drill like okay like just pound these pucks with the blue line and you're like okay but it's like the odd touch you might get it's like take d to d but like shoot for a shot pass like and and then you go into the game the next day and you touch the puck like 40 times but you like haven't touched the puck in practice so that's where i'm you know, now it's like you got a drill specific to just like touch the puck and feel it and you go into a game and you're not thinking about it. You're like, yeah, you know, this is such a second nature essentially. So, um, yeah, it's a huge part of it. And you see a, I, a lot of guys do it like Ryan O'Reilly. He's a, he's an animal on it. He's always, you know, after practice and he drags guys into it with him. But yeah, I think you always got to put in the work for sure and, uh, and figure out new ways to, to get better. You hit waivers one more time after that too. Uh, so you signed with Tampa twice. Tw- twice. So oh yeah. my god! But so when you signed with Tampa, I saw the Syracuse thing, but I didn't even know about the waiver thing. So like now I'm looking at this like this guy gets you know back up to Van, does his thing. He's changed. He's putting in the work off the ice. End up in Tampa. And then you get waived again in Tampa to go down to Syracuse. Was that a mutual thing? Like that must have sucked, dude. No, I didn't see that one coming at all because um so when I worked my way back like to Van, I think I played like the last like, 18 or 19 games. 
and I felt really good about things. I got offered a contract to go back to Van, um, but I knew what was coming in Van. Like they signed Tyler Myers, they signed Jordy Ben, they signed I don't know Stature, I believe. I don't. They, they had some. They just it was more of a logjam on D. So I kind of looked at it. I was like, well, I'm comfortable here. Like Travis Green is playing me, but also, you know, they're bringing in more defensemen. Whereas I talked to uh, Julian Breezewell and John Cooper at free agency. And they just got swept by Columbus uh, four straight that year. They had like the record years, uh, points in a regular season. But they said, and they were losing Girardi and Strawman and someone else, I can't remember. But they said they wanted to get, they were watching in Van, but they wanted to get bigger and heavier on D. And in my mind, I was like, well, this seems like a better fit as far as, you know, just numbers, right? So, um, and on top of that too, I thought they were actually close to winning, even though they got swept. Um, you know, obviously had to make some tweaks along the way but so then I get to tap I play I think like maybe two or three preseason games and move my wife and son down there my wife was pregnant with our second we move get settled move into a place and I play like two or three preseason games and and Julian Breezewell calls me in his office and he's like you're gonna go on waivers and you're gonna go down to Syracuse and at that point I was like well I'm not sure about that just because I just kind of grinded my way back from the minors. I thought I was ready to play and I wasn't really given a great opportunity. And he explained to me, like, listen, you're going to be back. It's we're dealing with some cap issues in Tampa, like they always are. And uh, you just got to buy us some time here. So I went down and, and they were really good too. So I left my wife and, and son in Tampa and I was, they were flying me back and forth from Syracuse and, and Tampa. And I'd practice sometimes in Tampa during the week, like on my own with a skills coach. And then, go down for weekend games and, you know, kind of back and forth. And they were trying to make it all work. Cause I was like, I, I can't just move to Syracuse now with my family. And then you call me up to Tampa it's, and Syracuse and Tampa, like it's logistically, like it's, what are you going to do with your family? Like, it's, it's, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, I went down there and then they had a couple of injuries and, and, you know, I, I actually, I got a, you know, Benoit grew the, the coach in Syracuse, he was unbelievable with me too. Like he, he played me a ton. He was same thing. I wanted to help them win games, but also get back. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to be down there for a long time, whether they're going to call me up or whether I just wasn't going to stay down there forever. So yeah, I think I played like six or seven games down there. And then they called me up uh, just in time for that global series trip. They went to Stockholm and then uh, yeah, kind of in and out of the lineup, didn't play a lot there at all. Um, really much at all. I didn't play a lot of games. Anyway, I didn't play, you know, I wasn't playing a lot of minutes. Um, but I felt like part of the group, there's an unbelievable group of guys out there. And I, I felt still like there would be a need at some point, you know, if I could just kind of stick with it. And then again, I got put on waivers, uh, which this where Julian Breeze was, you know, smart and cap expert is right before the, there's, you know, the bye week, he put me on waivers because I think, you know, the cap days accumulate or whatever. He put me on waivers knowing that I probably wasn't going to get claimed, you know, heading into a bye week or nothing like that. So he put me on waivers then. And he's like, you, you get, you're not going to go down to the minors on the bye week. Just go on vacation with the guys. And I'm hoping you don't get claimed. And, you know, fast forward and uh, didn't get claimed again. So that was the third time. And then, uh, yeah, end up sticking it out. And then that was the year we went into the bubble and, uh, was a part of the the cup winning team. So, yeah. Man, I want to ask you about the cups, but like, I guess the biggest question I have for you is like between 
see not seeing your family like but like back and forth in anaheim to what happened in utica and van and then not seeing your family again in tampa and stuff like what kept you going through all this like did you were you ever just like man i'm just gonna shut her down like this is probably it this is probably it for me like what kept you going i like i'm floored by this oh well thanks yeah i i just kept believing like that i wasn't done like i mean i just I literally looked at teams around the NHL and I'd seen the teams that like were winning like Stanley cups or playoff series. And I'm like the teams with the big heavy decors and keep in mind, like I'm continuing to work on my puck play and all that stuff are the teams that win. And I'm like, it's the league is, you know, it always comes in circles where, you know, you see one team win that with a big heavy decor and, you know, the next team follows suit. I just, I felt like my game was still getting better, but the opportunity at the NHL level wasn't necessarily meeting how I was feeling in terms of like my own game. And eventually if I stuck with it, um, you know, eventually it would, uh, I would get an opportunity and I would, and I would take it and make the most of it. But um, I, like, I, I always have conversations, you know, with my brother and my dad on the phone, like driving to the rank and healthy scratch or in the minors. And I would just say like, I'm, I'm still going to help a team. Like I, I just, I had it, like I had a feeling just because I knew I was putting in the work, but I, I felt like I was getting better. Like I felt better about my game being scratched than I felt about my game at 22 years old in Philadelphia playing 20 minutes a night. Like if that made sense. So yeah, I just kind of kept putting the work and, and I know a lot of the, uh, a lot of the trends or whatever is, you know, guys typically falter off after the age of 30 or whatever. And, uh, my mindset was, well, I'm going to try to get better after the age of 30 and not follow sort of the trend. And, you know, if it's 5% of guys that get better after the age of 30, well, I'm going to try to be in that 5% rather than that 95%. So uh, that's, that's sort of the mindset. And obviously, you know, my wife has been supportive too and let me, you know, okay, I'm taking off here. I'm going to the minors. Sometimes, you know, you're questioning things. I'm questioning things too. Like, is it worth it or whatever? But uh, I always kept saying, just, just trust me here, just stick with me and, uh, we'll play it out. And, uh, luckily enough, just kind of, you know, right when you think the opportunity shut off and things are done, it's, you know, all of a sudden you get a little bit of a, a window and you take that game and make a couple of good plays and then you get in the next game and then, all right, well, the team loses. So you're the odd man out, but then it's just, you just got to keep grinding. And that's as, as much as like, you love the game when things are going good. I also find a way to like love the game when things, you know, kind of suck and you're grinding. Like I, I enjoy the grind of it. I never wanted to look back and be like, man, I, I regret it because like I just quit. You know what I mean? Like, so, and that's what makes you stick around is the guys who go through adversity. And I mean, you're no different. I've, I've followed your career too. It's, it's the same. So. No, I appreciate it. Leave no stone unturned, man. How much of a redemption arc, like, would you have ever thought after the meeting with Randy and Bob in Anaheim, where it's essentially like questioning your ability to even play in the league anymore and fast forward a couple of years later, you're two time Stanley cup champion. Like, did you ever in your wildest dreams, like imagine that? Never, never. Well, I mean, it's because I, I watched, I went to like game five, six, seven, when my brother won the cup against Boston and I was there for game seven and was on the ice hugging him after he won the cup. And I was thinking to myself, like hugging him. I'm like, man, this is, would be the best thing in the world. But like, the chances of me winning the cup are like, so like I just was in the minors. Like, there's no chance I'm going to get my name on this cup. And 
you know, I was the most proudest older brother in the world, but at the same time, you're like, you know, we've always been competitive and always wanted to do similar things in terms of our hockey careers. And I seen him do it. And that's when, you know, Tampa came up uh, in the off season and I just couldn't pass that down because they're such a good team and obviously needed a couple of tweaks along the way, as far as what they needed to do to their game and, you know, some makeup of their team. But yeah, I, I didn't envision it. I didn't really dream of it. I always, you know, it was, it was just such a long shot. Um, you know, I, even at that time too, before I you know, sign. Like I, I was talking to teams in Europe, even like, you know, talking about going, like there's just so many things that have, uh, you know, I guess ended up working out. But like I said, you know, earlier, my career has been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster. So no regrets about going to Vancouver. eh? you got to play with a young Quinn Hughes ripping up and down the ice. And I know Kelowna is pretty close to there where you played your junior. And that must've been a nice experience to get back there. Yeah. So I, like I obviously went, to Vancouver, you know, the first time after I got traded from Anaheim, uh, loved every second of it. Like I said, there was a bit of a log jam and free agency, uh, chose Tampa. Basically didn't think Vancouver would ever be in the plans again, because, you know, I think there is, they did give me my second opportunity and then I kind of went another direction, but I thought, you know, just best decision as far as, you know, opportunity. And then two years later, I thought it was the best decision to try to go back when they offered a contract because of opportunity once again. And uh, that didn't go off. You know, that, did, that didn't start the way I wanted to either. Uh, I think I got scratched my first five or six games of the year in Vancouver under Greener. And, uh, you know, we were up to not a great start, but I was, I was not playing. And uh, we had some, some tough conversations as well. And, uh, you know, eventually I, I got back into the lineup. I think I played well. Uh, the team lost. I got scratched again, and then I ended up, uh, you know, getting in a couple games, and and then eventually, like my goal always was because I played with Quinn Hughes when he first got called up, my first time there as well. We we had some success together, and my goal going back to Vancouver was to try to, you know, uh, obviously get an opportunity to play with him again because I just think obviously you get a chance to play with a guy like that. A lot of it, you know, as you know, as a player, it's. <laughs> It's, it's a large part of who you play with. And uh, I'm not naive to think that uh, we, we had chemistry and it worked well together, but also too, like he's like um, a little brother in a way too, where uh, we have a great relationship, but also what I respect about him too. And, you know, there would be times where, you know, I would think, you know, he's missing an assignment in front of that, not boxing a guy out or not being hard enough in the corner. So I come back to the bench and give it to him a little bit. And then the next shift, I'd come back to the bench and he'd be giving it to me like, you know, you just shot it down the wall in the ozone, like snap it over to me. Like, what are you looking at? So we had a good relationship like that. And, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome to get the chance to play with like, with a guy like that. And, um, you know, my, I, my thought process, and I told my wife this, I'm like, we're going to go back to Vancouver, sign a two-year deal and hopefully, you know, play another year or two and stay close to home, close to family. And this is a place we're going to end up. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed every minute of, uh, playing in Vancouver, playing with him, obviously, uh, team wasn't doing well for a couple of years, new, uh, management, new coaching staff comes in and, you know, you were, you all of a sudden you're uh, a trade asset. So that's, that's the way that shaped up. So trade asset, buddy. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing the rumors start to float around, especially here in Toronto. Like you were exactly what the 
you know, with a blue and white needed on the back end. So you start hearing it, you start thinking about it, but it actually happens. And like, what a full circle career moment, man. Like, like coming back to the place you're drafted, whatever, how many years, 12, 13 years later, what a moment for you, man. And I know your wife was, was she pregnant at the time or something? She was, she was due like at the deadline. Yeah. And I got traded like a, a week before or something like that. So, so that was, stressful, but still a pretty unbelievable moment for you to get yeah. to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, which is funny because I always like thought for whatever reason, I always thought like I was always going to play again in Toronto, but I never, I always thought I would like to play again in Toronto, but I never, you never think it's going to happen. And then a couple of times too, like I'm on waivers and I'm looking at, you know, Toronto's decor at the time. And I always thought, I'm like, man, I, I think I could really help this decor. And then, you know, I'm passing. I, I always tell my agent, call, 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 uh, call Dubas. Like, I think like, you know, I'd, I'd be perfect. And then they'd pass on me in waivers. And then the next time I'm going waivers, I'm like, how about Toronto? Like, I'm just like looking. I'm like, I just think there's like such like, you know, a little hole here that I think I could, you know, but I think based on history and the way things ended up, they're probably, you know, I don't know, scared to take that chance or whatever. And then when I started here and I was, potentially going to get traded last year at the deadline. And I heard, you know, potential teams and obviously my agents kind of doing his background work and, and homework and Toronto's kind of in the mix, but I'm like, well, they've passed on me in the, tw you know, a couple of times and, uh, you know, probably not going to work itself out. And then for it to actually happen, I was like, I was blown away. It was like, you know, butterflies in my stomach. I couldn't believe I was getting the chance to go back. And I know like, you know, in my mind, I good relationship with the fan base. And I think, um, you know, like I said, some, some ups and down times, but I always felt like such a connection with that fan base and that organization that I know there's going to be mixed feelings going back uh, to Toronto, but I felt more prepared and uh, way better about things heading into it this, this last time around than, you know, obviously being young and naive as a, as a young 18 year old. What do you mean you were more prepared mentally uh, than when you were younger? Maybe what do you mean by that? <clears throat> I think like as a young guy, you're almost like scared of what could happen and like, okay, if I don't live up to my potential or, um, you know, are they going to be on me or my, you know, what are people saying? You're just kind of like more worried about everything else that's going on where this time I came around and I'm like, I've got absolutely nothing to lose. Like I've, I've been to the minors, I've cleared waivers, I've been a healthy scratch and also I've won the cup. So like, I'm not phased by anything that's coming my way. Cause like, you know, I've already had the highs of highs and the lows of lows. And I just, I was way more confident in myself, but I also was more not afraid of like failing. I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally confident what I can do. And if I make a mistake, you know what, I've already, I've already gone through some shitty times. And if I do good, I mean, I've already, I've already uh, felt the feeling of what it's like to be on top as far as team-wise, and I'm just going to enjoy every minute of it, and that's that's literally what I did, and, and I loved it. What a great attitude, man. I'm sure there's some kids listening. I hope there's some kids listening that take that advice to heart. What do you think is so hard for these guys, especially in the playoffs last year, to get over the hump, especially in your playoff series last year, finally – you know, slaying the dragon in Tampa um, and then obviously coming up short against Florida. Um, what's been the challenge for this group kind of getting over the hump? I mean, they have a really good group there. And last year, we I, I thought we had a team that was, you know, going to do well. I you, you need some breaks in playoffs. Like, I'm not going to – do I do I think we're, like, totally outplayed by, you know, the Panthers and losing? Like, I don't think that at all. I think, 
I think they got some key opportunity or like some good timely goals, but like Obrovsky in the first and second round, like that was historically good numbers he was putting up in the playoffs. Like you've never seen save percentages like that. I didn't even know when's the last time. Like he was, I didn't even know what it was, but he, it was insane how, I mean, they were talking about him winning the, um, you know, the play, the cons even if they lost at one point, like in, in the finals, like that's how good he was playing. So you're into a hot goalie and, you know, anything can happen, but um, I think, you know, they got a really good group of guys, a really good core group of guys. Um, obviously, it's a tough place to play, but I think, you know, guys are are getting better as far as their, their older veteran guys. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to touch on this year. I, I don't know, like, what they're going through really yeah. on a day-to-day basis. But last year, I, I you know, really good group of guys. You're bringing guys like O'Reilly. And, you know, we had good goaltending last year. You know, good good decor. I mean, deep team, some heavier guys. Like, I mean, it's you win a, you win a playoff series and uh, – you know, it felt like you're going to go on a run there. And then, you know, you, you get a little bit short in the second round by running into, like I said, a, a hot goalie and not that that's an excuse, but, um, you know, there's a, it's, it's a tough league to win it for sure. Was Toronto an option to go back to for you? Yeah. So, I mean, originally, you know, obviously you have your year meetings with the management and the management at that time was, you know, Kyle and, um, and I had great conversation and that was the first thing, you know, he talked about is I'd like to bring it back. And then obviously business happens on that end and uh, he's no longer there. And, and then um, I actually had probably, I don't know, a, a handful of really good conversations with tree living too. And we were both trying to figure out a way to, I wanted to come back and, and um, you know, I enjoy playing for, for Sheldon and, and uh yeah, we were definitely trying to make it happen. And just at the end of the day, it's a, a cap space thing. And five or six years, um, you know, at, at the point where I was, you know, making essentially league minimum or whatever. And I, I was at a point where, um, you know, I was going to get a bit of a pay bump. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, it wasn't a thing where, you know, you weren't willing to you know, leave some, some out there or nothing like that. But you know, you get closer to free agency and you're still trying to make it work. And then there's a handful of teams in the mix and you kind of, it's, it's business. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's, that's what it is. And like I said, um, you know, I've got a great amount of respect for, for tree living and Brandon Pridham and Brandon Shanahan. They were all first class to me and, you know, everything wanted to make work, but obviously it's, you know, salary cap and there's some big contracts coming up there in Toronto that they had to take care of. And that's, uh, that's what it came to be. But in saying that, I'm really, really proud to be here in Nashville. Um, Barry Trotz, I have a great relationship with. Uh, he coached me back in in uh, World Championships, I think like in 2008, 2009. Um, and so I've known him since that long and kind of always talked to him over the years. You know, when they'd be in town, I'd run into him in the hallway when he was coaching Washington or the Islanders or Nashville or whatever. And, and uh yeah, I've got some good relationships with guys on the Predators here. And and uh, obviously, they're trying to, you know, build a certain culture here and bring in certain guys and and thought I could be a fit. And um, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, joining this group here and getting back on the ice with them. And, and um, yeah, like I said, it's – it's uh, I'm pumped to be here. And at the end of the day, it's, you know – it's it's business on on all levels, and you see that in all sports essentially. But um, yeah, there's no there's no question. I uh, I look fondly back on my time in Toronto. The last thing I want to pick your brain on here is you 
last year became the NHL all-time hits leader. Dude, first and foremost, congrats. That is so oh, cool. Like what an unreal record to have. I watched like a whole compilation of YouTube and I played with you and have watched you for years. And for me, I see a lot of it coming from your upper body and angling and then kind of using your hips, but following through with your upper body. But can you talk to me about the art of the hockey hit and how you're so good at it and how you get so many of them? Uh, well, thanks. I appreciate the compliment. Um, I mean, I, I think it's like, first of all, you don't want to go chasing it. So I think it's like the work sometimes happens beforehand where you got to, you got to be in like, that's what I'm telling myself now too. Like you got to be in every play. And then if you have a good gap and you can close on guys a lot quicker, but sometimes if your gaps off and then you're kind of chasing the puck, you're chasing the play, you're chasing the hits and that's when you get caught in the position. So I think doing, doing the work a little beforehand. And then on top of that too, like I think it's a mindset too, where, you know, you're the same way too. Like if you go in the corner, you want, it's like a personal thing too. And like a pride thing. Like you want, you want to know, you want the, whoever you're in the corner with to know that you're in the corner with you. So I, I would, I know personally when I'm playing against certain players or forwards, like who I'm in the corner with and that I'm not going to be let off the hook. And that's kind of my mindset and, you know, right or wrong. Um, you know, that's try that's the way I try to always play and try to not take, you know, a night off in terms of, you know, being physical and, that's what um, I've always been a bigger guy, even like since a kid. And, and I think that's always been sort of one of my assets, I guess you could say, is trying to play physical and be strong. And I think um, obviously I'm not lightening up offensively, so you want to do that. But I think it's more just, uh, you know, I think it's more of like a, a pride thing. And, and, you know, just that's a way to contribute to helping the team. But also at the end of the night, too, you want to – you want the other team to whether you're whether you're in you know in those conversations or not you want to you know think well okay I, I think that guy was hard to play against that night and that's sort of my mindset you obviously like have this crazy career arc of getting drafted high and coming into the league early and then going through all the adversity that you did winning the cups going back to Toronto all that stuff do you ever just take a moment to go back and look and reflect and you know take a moment to be proud of yourself for everything you've achieved of course like the human the human mind you know might dwell on some bad experiences in the past or feel good about things in the past but you know that's when you, mentally you got to keep working on things to stay present and finding ways to get better and that's kind of where the mindset is right now and and uh, eventually one day yeah I think you'll look back and See, it already has been a hell of a run. And I think one of the coolest things too is like um, not only just like, you know, where you've played and having your name on the cup and all that sort of stuff, but I always say like the amount of teams I've played on and the amount of guys I've played with, like that's the coolest thing to me is like how many people and good, whether it's trainers, coaches, or uh, teammates, how many good guys you met along the way. And I think that's the one thing that at the end of the day is, you know, how you're remembered as a teammate and that's how I remember guys. And I think that's the, the biggest thing to, you know, be proud of is, uh, you know, all the buddies you look, you have when you, when you look back and reach out to guys, your guys reach out to you. That's, that's probably the coolest thing uh, for me. My man, thank you so much again. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule, sitting down and doing this. It was such a good chat. Stay healthy. Good luck the rest of the way, my man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on. It was an honor.